Hey guys, uh, we got a great crafty coming up for you today. Uh, we get into the Tumblr Palooza drama. We talk about more info on what it takes behind the scenes for running an expo. And also we get into the AI uh, implications that are happening right now and also uh, TikTok ban. So uh, look forward uh, to this episode. See, we're still having tea. Uh, good morning, everybody, or whatever time it is for you guys. Welcome to Craft Tea episode 11. 11? You know, I don't ever keep count. Uh, this time I actually did lose count because I'm off. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. It's 11. We're at 11. Woo! We made it past 10. Um, this down, up, down. Oh, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, did I miss something? <laughs> oh, damn. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, this is a different week than we're used to shooting this. Normally it's on Friday. We just had to... We're in the smack dab middle of what we uh, estimated to be our busiest month of the year so far. So, I mean, yep. you gotta do what you gotta do. We knew it was gonna happen. We were expecting... Uh, march into april to be chaos and it has been nothing short of but it's been like good chaos really good chaos i feel like what did they say in like a lion out like a lamb i don't know that but i know it now you're never taught that in school no march comes in like a lion and out like a lamb no did you i never heard that that's a philly public school thing i guess <laughs> we're gonna have to take a poll you guys if that has ever been a thing that you have been told at school drop us some comments and let us know and if it isn't Drop us one of them calendar comments that you guys did get. Something that, you know, you were taught in, to remember the calendar. That's how I remembered the what. That's how they described the weather. Mm. Okay. Hey. I believe you. Um, so we had a bit of a busy week. Week. Very busy week. Um, I had to travel for some business stuff that Woo! we can't even talk about, but... I was traveling. Uh, that's exciting. Um, and then we have uh, we have stuff on the way. We have new machinery that we ordered. That's like super exciting too. We have like all kinds of stuff happening there. Um, that should just like help with us on the home front with just further, stuff. further more business things. Uh, we had a class, the first class over the weekend. Um, and that was like really awesome. That was a lot of setup. Chris, you were here for it. That was cool. Uh, I know that we're gonna have a lot of video for that. Yeah, to set uh, the scene for everyone, we agreed to have these classes, but we forgot that our whole warehouse is exactly what you would think a warehouse would be like stuff everywhere and, and things aren't where they're supposed to be and half boxes and crap from our house. So we oh, had yeah. to get it all cleaned out and we did it so good. Yeah, honestly, and then we say this stuff almost like uh, at home too, that like having family parties every now and then is almost a necessity because it holds you to that like higher tier of getting shit ready. You know, everybody straighten, you straighten up and you have a routine of straightening up. Maybe some t some of it's more hiding shit than actually straightening shit up. But like when people are That's really coming and you, does, doesn't do that. I know that everyone has that family member that opens drawers and like, you're you're like yo hey what what's this closet look there's no need for you to go in that closet that is the 
please don't open closet. That is the, I don't know what the hell's in their closet. You know what I mean? Jason like, was talking crap on me for cleaning out the laundry room. He's like, no one's going to go in the laundry room. I'm like, can I just have a clean laundry room, please? But in our house, like, that's the side. You have to go through it at the time to get to Alex's room, too. And You're not wrong. My Aunt Patty. I'll call her right out. My Aunt Patty was walking <laughs> through her house. She's like, I just want to see the house. And I get it, too. Like, having new family members. We've been there a few years now. We just haven't redone the laundry room. And But even some of the house, they've never seen Uncle Johnny. He'd never been to the house and stuff. So, like, uh, Aunt Patty comes to the house, and she's just like, First thing. can I see the laundry room? Can I see the nursery? Can I see the bathroom? Can I I'm like, oh, my God, please stop. <laughs> uh so yeah i mean it was like that except with people that i never met never before. met and i'm like and i know you know that on the outside looking in it's ge genuinely interesting like you know my house is not something perhaps that you are drawn to looking behind <laughs> and and searching and like actually going through but like a warehouse and like a glitter warehouse sure that's a little more like I want to know what's behind door number two. You know what I mean? And oh, we yeah. have a lot of door number twos and threes and fours. 17. There's a lot behind them doors, but way more organized than it's ever been. Yeah. Super I love excited it. about I'm that. So excited. The fusion room is super exciting. What's been going on with that? I like themed rooms, you guys. I really like having a theme. I really like having accessories. Even this room started it, I think. Like, really started. I know we started redoing rooms, like, probably four times since we've been but here this would be the but really like the push motivation. to get everything and like going i think it was like this room i'd say so because this is a completed room and before that we were just kind of like doing what people could see yes uh-huh yeah like i have no problem with anybody coming here and like walking into this room i'm not like don't look in the corner well it's like close your eyes and beeline right for that room <laughs> uh not anymore we have, ironically, the least prepared room is the craft room, but that's just like, it's I feel like that's room. an almost impossibility. Uh, I mean, it's not going to be impossible, but like every time you get the time to get it straightened up, get to a level straightened up and stuff, and then it's time to actually craft. And that is not a clean activity. <laughs> so it's just like, no, then what you did we craft. Have to, what did I have to do to come in or Saturday then, morning? Saturday morning, I had to come in and clean all my craft stuff up off the nice, clean, set up tables for the rhinestone class. And here I am in the middle of the showroom. I had half a table dedicated to clearing cups. And I knew, Patty Pussa looked at me like I had seven heads when I started putting all that glitter and my tape and my vi cutting vinyl on the table. She was probably like, this bitch right now. Yeah. We just spent two weeks cleaning this room. You just see like empty surface area anywhere in the craft air in the craft room. It's the same thing for my workshop too. I go to my workshop and I'm like, where can I build stuff right now? I have stuff that I haven't finished building over here. I don't want to touch that. I want to do do it here. And then like it was in the yes. hallway. Like my my stuff poured into the hallway of the workshop and your guys cleaning up. I, and I was not upset at all. Like when I walked back and everything was just like jammed into my workshop, I'm like, I get it. I'm like, I, I, I poured outside I like of my mold. The viewers are divided <laughs> right now on what you just said because half of them would be like, you better finish some other projects. And the other half is like, hell yeah, I bet you could find some space over there. It's like... On the other half, I'm like, we could do projects here and here and here. I'll circle back and finish that. I swear I will. And then I'm going to start a project here, but I have to finish this, but I got to start this. That's it. for and, and it's like a mixture of like personal projects and work projects too, because like fortunately a lot of that space that I had taken up is mini trucking season. So like I've been getting the trucks ready for the car show. That's a part of the reason why we're going to be jamming another 
we're going to be recording craft tea for next week in two days, which is another like abnormality for us. But like we're going away Thursday because uh, biggest mini trucking show on the East Coast, at least uh, Southeast Mini Trucking Nationals Definitely in North Carolina, Mackey Valley. It's it's my favorite. Our favorite car that show we don't help host. Because I wish that I was born gotcha, like Tom. I wish I was born like I don't know. Just a few years sooner so that I could have enjoyed maybe the 90s scene of mini trucking more. I was just a little bit too young, you know what you I mean? I was, I was like 13, 14 and stuff. So uh, I was kind of on the outside of looking in on that. And now that I can afford, you know, the trucks and to go to the things like this, um, it's not as prevalent as it was. But like, it's almost like a blast from the past. When you go down to Maggie Valley... For many trucking nats, it's they take over the whole town. The cops shut the roads down. It's you have so full reign of the entire thing. And if it, anyone's in that area, check out mini nats. It's and, the uh, best, it's a great time. best, best weekend. But anyway, uh, that's what I was working. I was working on building center consoles and building all this it's stuff. And then really like, I got to do that and then pivot. Cause then it's like, oh, well, we got to get back to running the glow forge to cut the acrylic blanks for the sub box and uh and then i gotta be wary when i'm running that too because maybe somebody's recording if sarah's recording i don't want the machines going like ring, 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 in the background the whole time it's not even that it's that uh filter thing yeah it's because i don't have a, like a car engine i'm not near with no muffler outdoors to vent it outside so i have an indoor filter so it's just like the whole time you know that's pretty accurate yeah. just louder i thought so <laughs> yeah i didn't want to become a human fan so <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be gone again from Thursday till Tuesday, and I'm freaking out because there's so many things I want to do. Not, of course. But this time, not so many things I have to right. do. Mm -hmm. Now it's so many things I finally got some time, but really I don't, and I want to do things. Yeah, and there's a lot of things that we got in motion that you just want to finish. Like, you know, the as much as the showroom's in, like, a better state, it's not in a finished state. Like, my workshop's in a better state. It's not a finished state. Same thing with craft room, the shipping room, etc., and so we're chipping away, chipping away, and it's uh, it's really happening, and I like it. And it's nice that uh, the event went, like, really well, too. That's why I don't want to, like, I know that it was a whole lot of conversation that led around it, but... um, We had another glitter seller in the building. I know. Mrs. Nola came, Rachel. Everyone in the warehouse was freaking out, including me a little bit. I know you guys can understand that. Another glitter seller in your domain. I wasn't sure if I was ready for that. I, we even said it out loud, and I said it to Rachel, like... I didn't know. Oh, yeah, of course. I was ready to have you in thing. my area. As soon as the ticket was sold, Sarah just like turns and she's like, Well, uh, she told me. She was like, guess what? I'm coming to your warehouse. And I'm like, huh? Those are the things that you don't... <laughs> those are the things you don't account for when you open your warehouse up to like, you know, a live event. You don't necessarily expect... Yeah, I'm like, you mean like New Jersey? You're going to the beach? You're hitting up Wildwood? Like, where are you going? Where do you think you're going to be at? But I, that's what, and I think that honestly, Rachel might be one of the only people that would be like, I, I don't even want to use it like brazen enough to do that, but it's not even yep. like it was a negative thing at all. Is is a really exciting thing. And I think that, and I think that's the best part is that she came to take the class and to hang out, and it was really nothing more than that, and and she, uh, like, proved that. You know what I mean? Like she made it made it so. She was, it was very it was like the most, over the top respectful. Yeah, it was the most like respectful stay I think that anyone could have. If you have necessary, you know, uh, we are competitors of each other. Like we're absolutely competitors. We sell very similar products to each other, but um, we're like also peers too. And I and I enjoy that we were completely able to have, um 
an experience like that. And it also brings up another topic that I know we were taught, we've been talking about for a little while, but Rachel, uh, I always just call her Rachel Nola. I feel like we all know her by Rachel Nola, Mrs. Nola. We all know who we're talking about was actually like an idol of mine when I first started in 2017. Like she was one of the OG OGs and I would watch her all the time. I'd watch all her lives. And then she started selling glitter and we're still cool. And then I started selling glitter and it was like dead to me. You block, block, block. But that was everyone everywhere. So it yeah. really sucked. And then me and her had some drama, which we actually got to talk about later on down the line. And it turned out we had, we hated each other for no reason. Which I'm sure a lot of you guys are out there hate each other for no reason. You don't even get the chance to find out. So it was really cool that we've been able to talk and talk through some of that stuff and become, you know, decent friends mm -hmm. through it all. Because she is still a person that I love watching live. I stumbled on one of her lives and I also didn't know why it was on my timeline. And she cleared that up for me and reminded me it was in the Misfit Makers group. And I... I told her, told her just like I told you, like she put me back in time. I thought it was 2018 again. It was one o'clock in the morning. I'm watching her live, and you know we were in Levittown. Like it really brought me mm -hmm. back to where before anyone started selling glitter, before anyone had all this stupid drama, and we were just watching each other make cups and crack jokes and talk about how our day was and how much we don't like our husbands right now. That's like the <laughs> irony is is the the animosity that happens within these spaces, and we're all like have the most in common and we end up like hating each other over it it's like weird <laughs> it's like really weird well but, you know we all went through stuff and a lot of us grew and we have been showing our growth because a lot of people right now are friends that didn't used to be friends too and it's mm -hmm. a beautiful thing if you ask me it's great i love it that's why you can travel and craft together you, you can know? travel and craft together uh because don't want to skip over who I was going to say sort of kind of had the class was um Crystal Ninja and Kelly DeFries and that was uh awesome too because Kelly's story is like insane I said that I wish that um she had more time in town so that we could have uh had a chance to talk to her so I said I want to get with Sarah and see if either we set up uh, on the phone thing like we did we with other guests or if she's coming um we can get her to come back where it's more of a like personal trip and not, you know, strictly business or has more time, something. But Kelly's story is like so, um, so interesting. I agree. And and I don't even want to start to try to tell it <laughs> because it's it's like um, uh, pretty amazing. And she's been doing this for a very long time. And, so look uh, out for that on an episode, that's for sure. Yeah. But the class was awesome. If anyone is interested in blinging anything uh rate or right uh, kelly is the source for all your information she is the godmother of this blinging sensation so i definitely want to circle back to the classes because we're having a really cool class in two weeks but i'll get carried away with that one speaking of traveling and crafting it sounds like some people are not traveling and crafting right now because some well i wouldn't say some just one uh, bigger convention just stopped yeah, the expo thing, right? So the... Tumblr Palooza seems to be firing up a lot of drama. And I have, I'm surprised that I haven't heard from the owners. Like, not me personally, that no one has heard from the owners at all. I've, I'm still pretty sure that no one has. Coffee. Coffee. Uh, ding, ding, ding. Thank you. Enjoy. Much appreciated. I like that you just said enjoy, too. <laughs> 
We're gonna mic them up next time. Mic up me shaking my shake and espresso. The term shaken, you know, kind of really implies that this thing would be homogenous, yet it is not. These expos are definitely popping up like wildflowers these days, and I'm not upset about it. And actually, I think it's really cool because there's too many amazing content creators that can be teachers. There's too many um, amazing vendors that could vend at them, and they can't afford to go to this state because it's too far. So now this one's closer. Like, I think this is a beautiful thing. However... I think most people have jumped into this before they really realized how much work truly went into yes. this. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with hosting or planning live events or anything like that. Absolutely not. TumblrCon totally absolutely cool. paved the way for this. And as soon as TumblrCon, after that, when the, when the pandemic was ending, you remember, I was like, we, need, we should have one. I called Nikki right away. I'm like, we should do this. We were the second one out to, you know, announce that CultureCon got into the middle and that was fantastic because we all, that was a, like a, you know, another good entrance way into these, hey, we could see each other in person again. Mm -hmm. Like we're allowed to stand in the same room. Mm -hmm. um, so that was beautiful. But now I feel like they're popping up too quickly and people really aren't taking the time to realize how, just how much work goes into this. No, it's uh, definitely work and it's definitely being looked at front. as a cash grab. Like, it's being looked at like a cash grab, and it kind of, like, annoys me a little bit because it takes, like, so much work and time and effort in the back. And then the ones that are hosting it, especially when you uh, when you just, like, rip the cord like that and then hide anything and to try to, like, save face or whatever the fuck. I don't care. Like, to, like you can't just save face. Like, if you fucked up and you failed, then you fucked up and you failed and you come out and say, yo, guys, I fucked up and I failed, and here's your money back. And if you have to dip into some of that... You, like, it's nobody else's fault, but you're no, <laughs> necessarily for failing. And then especially, the things I said. especially then you put all the specials in a difficult position because when you have the teachers push tickets to their people, especially like you use anyone that has like, let's say a Patreon group. And the, so the people are dedicated loyalists to your brand. If I'm a teacher, you're loyal, um, I'm loyal to, to that, to that teacher. So I want to go to whatever they do and whatever they're pitching. And they're pitching to come to this class. And then now, technically, they just sold you a bum product, but they didn't know. Like, they got set up with a bum product. So now, like, the teachers look like dickheads, too, because they were pitching, uh, you know, something yeah. that ended up falling through. And, and some of them teachers are good, really good friends of mine, and others I just really look up to. So it was like, I can't believe they have to go through this. And that was immediately, all of them went on damage control right away because that's their brand. And definitely, definitely don't even like try, like this is, I don't want to say it's like, it's one of the reasons why I believe in utter transparency for us and stuff and from the beginning is because do not try to think that your customers are dumb. Like, don't even try to think that because, like, you, how many Netflix documentaries have you guys seen that literally shit is getting solved by people bored sitting in front of their computers more so than, than fucking law enforcement these days because they have the time and the dedication to put into it, especially if you burn them personally where it matters most, which is genuinely the wallet. So if you yeah, fucked with my money and then like you dumb. told me that it was somebody else's fault... I am going to check receipts and make sure that it was that person's fault because I need to yell at them. I got to get it off, <laughs> you know, but 
It's human nature to be angry and want of course, to direct that especially somewhere. when it has to do with money, man. Especially, it's like that. That is that. That drives me nuts. You know, you see a actual change in my demeanor when money's involved. The like my so demeanor is the, one of the crazy things. Also about this is that this is not this. Tum this is not this convention's first year. This. As far as I know, and granted, I don't know every single convention and, and the start date and everything, but as far as I know, it was it was one of the few that started pretty early, you know? Um, and the feedback that I'm getting from last year is that everyone had a great time. A lot of people that bought tickets to this year's Tumblr Palooza bought them at Tumblr Palooza last year because they were having such a good time. And that was crazy for me to hear because mostly right now, I'm hearing that people did not have a good time at these conventions, at some of them. You know, it's like, oh, it was just like a bunch of crayons on a table and I wasted my money, you know? Sure. But people had a great time last year. I didn't hear that anyone had a bad time. Granted, I don't talk to that many people about Tumblr Palooza. But I don't know what they're going to do to get their money back because those people bought it almost a year ago now. They just shut the website. I still can't believe that she they just shut the website down. These, yeah. the, I am convinced that people think throwing these conventions is um, setting up a website, picking out some huge, uh, really popular cup makers and having them sell the tickets for you and then sending bulk emails out to everyone that sells a product and asking for that product for free so that you could sell the, pro so that you could sell the product in a big bag and make a shit ton of money. And that's not at all what behind the scenes looks like. Nope. Free stuff actually comes very rare, and when we do get the free stuff, it's not free because I work my butt off to make sure that they get the advertising that they deserve for donating. Yep. You know what I mean? There's so many layers. You have to have and the, we didn't, the we, viewers for that. Yeah, and I don't want anything to get misconstrued like we are the knowledge source for how to plan a live event because no. i'll tell you right now we fucked ours up too like you know what i mean <laughs> like there was problems with ours and shit happens like we showed up or not showed up we found out the monday before our event that the room that our classrooms were supposed to be hosted in was no longer available for us yeah i forgot about that that was five days prior and they were like oh well we can just like give you a whole nother hall which was like an ex like probably ten times the space that we needed. Which you're like, oh great, that sounds great. No, it's fucking it way worse. It's right. way worse. The sounds worse. We'd have all this pipe and drape. Like there was no way for us to like figure out exactly where the power Things was. Were like the classrooms are supposed to be more intimate. People at least that's what we stuff. wanted. Oh right. yeah, we had we we had, everything like, was open now. We literally found an old lady that was walking around behind the curtains that is absolutely not an accessible place for people digging through boxes. You know what I mean? Like there's no reason. To be at an expo digging through boxes. That's not, we're, we're not building playhouses here. So I don't understand what was happening there. But yeah, man, it sucked. Like it, it made it confusing and people were like, oh, the, the noise was canceling out some from the stage to the classroom. And that wasn't our fault. You know what I mean? Like we did the best we could. That's why we positioned the classrooms to be like horizontal in that room because we were hoping the sound would at least move in a separate direction than it was with the but stage. It's just a big echo area. Yeah, and it's just like, no matter what, you're in a giant room and you're just hoping that pipe and drape can break up sound. Yeah, good fucking luck. So, um, and we couldn't control it. It happened. No. So we did our best, you know, a lot of the things that people had complaints about were things that we couldn't necessarily avoid, like that, you know, the noise and stuff. But um, you take everything that into consideration and learn from the year before and stuff and, and maybe what other people have done and see, 
uh, feedback from what's happening Nikki, with that. I'm asking her for help. I'm constantly calling Nikki all the time. Can you help me with this? What should I do with this? What would you do if this was this? Mm -hmm. Because it's it, it, it definitely takes a village to, to do uh, the expo thing for sure. And I think some of these people just got in a, a little way too over their heads. But I would be lost if it wasn't for TumblrCon. And I'm so grateful that Nikki helps us that, you know, we're friends and stuff. But I'm... If I didn't have that, I don't know what I would, you know what I mean? I don't know who I would go to after that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, shameless plug. With that being said, Great American Craft Expo, August, uh, in August. 11th. Thank you. I don't want to dissuade anyone either from hosting their own expo or sound like I'm talking shit about anything, but like this is a serious thing. You're going, you're taking a lot of money from a lot, from a lot of people. Like these tickets are not cheap. Uh, these tickets for any given expo is $300 and up, and $300 is not seen that often. Usually these tickets are like $400, like $500, $600. Uh, people are selling these tickets before they actually have anything that they're going to put in the right. swag bags. Yep. So you have to really make sure, and again, this is not talking shit on anyone. This is not saying like the glitter guy's the best in the whole world. I'm just saying like you have to be prepared if things go wrong. And last year, another example of things going wrong with us was that we uh, we didn't get the, the paints backfired, the Apple Barrel paints. We, they got whatever with plaid and we couldn't get them from plaid anymore. And we needed those two particular colors, me and Patty. Yo, that was a nightmare. Me I and Patty went that. to every Walmart between like Trenton, New Jersey and Wilmington, Delaware, because she's down there grabbing two, six, seven little tiny paints yeah, at a time at full price because we couldn't get them. You and guys were sending was, me if I went yo, anywhere near anywhere. Walmart. Look for a pop of color, or, well, pop of color was the second one, is that when that came, uh, a lot of them were messed up. And I was talking to Mindy, they could get us them in time. Like, it was very to the T if they could get us the replacements in time. I remember going through my own pop of color mm -hmm. scene, if I could use something and then get the replacements from Mindy afterwards because they weren't going to come in time. Like, it, it's just crazy. Yeah, this and this is the stuff that comes up or happens when it's when the expo is like already in motion and like for somebody else to have like come across this many issues and this many things to pull the plug before like the event even like kicked off it's, it's like scary be it to like i, I just i don't you want have to make that sure to that happen to other people you have to make sure that no matter what happens even if something happened very last minute that you have the time or the money or the resources or whatever it is to replace that i mean we were on the other side of it um TumblrCon last year, they didn't get time to go through the 7,000 boxes we sent them full of glitter until closer to the convention mm -hmm. because they knew that what we sent was in those boxes. She trusts me, and I really appreciate that. But what happened was the trucking company lost, what, six or seven boxes? That was 6,000 uh -huh. mini shakers. That And Nikki called me nearly tears panicked. Like we yeah. have to figure something out. We got her 6,000 shakers in 48 hours. And I don't know if anyone else could have done that. No, like, cause there were many like, shakers too. So it was very particular. Out into, yeah, we had, I had to, to modify, modify, I had to modify assembly. my assembly line. Yep. You and Rob. And then you and Rob were like, just getting it out. He was sending them through. You were fixing them mm -hmm. at the end and putting them right in the box and sending them right out. And that's nothing that I did. That's nothing that Nikki did. That was the trucking company literally losing the top portion yep. of the boxes. Yeah, and welcome to business there. Uh, they didn't take any credit for that shit. And uh, 
unfortunately, papers were signed that said that everything was there, and we just had to fucking eat it. So, like, and I wasn't going to bring money up to Nikki when she's already literally panicked over the fact that she's short six thousand shakers. I was like, whatever, we'll figure it out later. Like, let's just get the shakers out. But it's yep. just one of those things where I took on a very big job. I took on, what was it, three, 30 colors for how many people? That was a huge job that I signed us up for. And no matter what happened, I was going to deliver on time no matter what had yeah. to happen. And that was beyond my, it was not my fault at all. And, but we take on. But we did it. The tasks that we know that we can at least accomplish. And if we can't accomplish them, then like we can uh, accommodate the backlash of failure, I guess. And is the backlash the way I of that was that. monetary. Sometimes it's not exactly. people talking shit. Sometimes the backlash is monetary. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. That, like I said, the expo stuff, it's generally, you don't really make a lot of money on expo stuff anyway. It's really word yeah, of mouth and, and, and <laughs> exposure and branding. I think that that was a huge misconception probably by a lot of people were like, if the economy's on a downward trend, I'm going to pay attention to what the bigger necessarily companies are doing. And I'm still going to, I'm going to continue to refer to us as one of the bigger companies anyway. So we started doing expos, Steel Magnolia's doing expos. CultureCon um, did their expo, well, CCDIY did their expo and stuff. I think that people saw it and they were like, oh, okay, bigger guys are doing expos. That's got to be the answer. That's got to be where the money's at. That's got. No. Nope. Mm -mm. It's not where the money is. Uh, what did we, we like overall? We're like figuring it out. I don't, exactly I don't even think that did. necessarily. Uh, I don't even think necessarily the first expo was profitable. It was like gen genuinely break even because it takes an investment to continue to run expos. Now, if I decided that that was the one and only expo and we were gonna never do this again, then there pro probably would have been a small amount of profit at the end. But yeah. instead, all that money goes to acquire the facility for next year, to start ordering the stuff so that you can have any idea of what you're gonna be putting in you know, your bags and, and stuff. So you have to be able to start paying uh, the employees to work on the expo and everything. You have to pay for the marketing to get interest in the expo for next year. So there's immediately, if you plan on doing a live event more than once, there's an immediate cost attached at the end of the first event. Yeah. Like it's not just like, oh, event's over, cost is over. You need to squirrel money away to build onto next year. Like that is part of it. And I don't know what the game plan was for every expo. Obviously, there, I am on the backside of none of these expos, but our, one of our main concern is that everyone wins. We paid our, you know, we compensated our teachers well. We compensated our employees very well. We made sure that there was a big stage for everyone to see everything. We made sure the sound was there. We made sure that someone was doing video. Like we made sure that a lot of these luxuries were there. And granted, there could have been more luxuries that we thought about after the fact that we would not have thought about during that we're sure. going to incorporate next, well, this year. Yep. So I, and, and you took into consideration people, even though it was very cheap to walk into our door, of our expo, I think cheaper than like literally any other expo because they're all like pretty expensive. Um, and why well, say ours was what ours was fifteen and sometimes they're like twenty twenty five. So yeah, it was something. Cheaper. Yeah, we had it. It was just like it was super approachable and, and affordable. Whatever. Either way, Excuse you still me. have people say like, I don't feel that I got my value out of it. And then like I'm going back and I'm trying to like I'm I'm like literally mathematically like trying to figure this stuff out. And I'm like, okay, if you spent like ten or fifteen dollars 
you walk around, people are giving away like little trinkets and samples of stuff. I know that the one person like had literally gotten like $200 in Marabou product. They said that. They were like, I don't feel, all I got, <laughs> I spent $10 to get in and all I got was this free Marabou products. And I'm just like, so... It was all free. Marabou did not sell anything. They were giving stuff And we had away. free demonstrations on the stage and we had like, uh, like the craft show that you can enter it was didn't cost anything to enter your thing, but you could win a big prize. The dude with the table won something. So, but like really, really, I'm like really sitting back and thinking about. It. I'm like, kind of right. You're kind of right. You know what I mean? Like you did get value, but like maybe it wasn't necessarily enough. Maybe it wasn't. You know, like maybe you wanted to be able to actually craft at any given time without having to spend hundreds of dollars on the class. And I am selling a craft expo. So like, okay. So that's what like this year. I said it, I was like, I need a space that people can craft at any point in time. I want people to be able to walk in to the expo and feel good about the $10 that they spent because they can at least know that they were able to walk away with a uh, some sort of make and take that I supplied from the expo itself, not to mention whatever you can get make and take wise from any vendors that they might be offering and stuff too. But I'm not on the hook for that. That's whatever they're doing. I wanna know that if you spent $10, $15, whatever, to walk through my door, that you're going to feel confident that it was worth it yeah. afterwards. That, that's like my goal. So craft bar, just like you said, you're alluding to it. Uh, so uh, like the show about this year, we're walking around it and stuff, and we walked into this room, and it's a bar. <laughs> like, And I was like, dude, I've and had we this. we knew like, it was included, right? We knew that yeah. was one of our rooms. Uh, the Diamond, Diamond Club. And it's just like, here's another one of my, I know I said it before, my... Uh, ideas, my million dollar ideas that I have that I like to just say out in space and give them away to everybody because I don't have time to execute them. But Craft Bar is one of the ones that I had for a very long time, right? Uh, bars and stuff, trendy bars around the area are always huge. I've been, I've been, for like, yeah, for, I just wish I had the money because liquor licenses are so expensive, especially in our area, but uh, a Craft Bar that you craft at, you know, craft beer, craft bar, the whole play on words thing and like, that it would have a small slew of crafting stuff and you guys could just go there, sit at a table, maybe it's a round table, maybe it's a bar top, whatever, chill with your friends and fucking doodle, make some origami, drink some beers, whatever. I thought that'd be a cool concept. But anyway, Still is cool. translating that, here I was like, wow, this is like an excellent opportunity to actually do like some form of that. So the room is like awesome. We'll come out with like videos and pictures or maybe we can cut them into this, I don't know. But in the dead center of the room, Big open space. Actually, when we toured it, they had just finished an event for somebody else and there was still a projector screen there with a couple tables out. So I could already like imagine it. I was like, dude, yes. A little fucking projector, a TV or something. Uh, maybe an influencer or somebody, anybody, one of our employees crafting to just kind of lead the way and show people that aren't sure what's going on and make keychains, make pens, make something stupid, not stupid, you know, little takeaway trinkets. And, like I said, there's a bar. There's a full bar in that room. And not to mention that, this is on the upper level. So there's a balcony that overlooks the ocean and the boardwalk that you can just walk out on. Yeah, so the... you can just very casually have a beer, craft a little bit, and go and take a selfie with, like, your keychain and stuff just to FOMO everybody else on your Instagram feed. Like, look what the hell I'm doing right now. And you guys in are not. So... Those were things right that like we really huge. took into consideration. I know it was like a long road to get to <laughs> to that, but um, I just wanted people to 
feel accomplished and, and feel like it was worth it. And I think that we really hit the mark this year. I obviously won't know for sure until after it's over and the dust settles. No, but I've been starting to do some craft bar work. I've been talking to some of my crafty friends, you know. I don't know, are we calling them content creators? Are we calling them influencers? What are we calling them? Really cool cup makers, whatever their names are. Some of them are really good friends of mine. And I've been talking to them about hopefully getting them to come star at the craft bar. So like I was thinking, and you know, I'm just kind of planning out loud with you now on Crafty. I don't know if you heard me talk about this before, but basically it's always free to be in the craft bar and always free to craft the craft bar crafts. But then when some of these girls come in, you know, you pay 10 bucks, $15 for a craft alone. Yep. So now only the people that want the cup can, will pay the 15, 20 dollars, whatever it is. And then they craft along with that person, but it's always free to be in there. If you want to just go in there and drink some beers and watch them make tumblers, you go right ahead, girl. Mm -hmm. You go in there. If you have your own tumbler, you just bought one from downstairs, you just come right on in and craft with it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I thought that'd be pretty cool. And then you only have to pay for the supplies that aren't being supplied for free. Or maybe you just want to do a keychain while they're doing a tumbler. Yep. Free to hang out. Yep. And I think it's going to be uh, just a really, really cool. Um, and then, like, even with the stage is... <laughs> It's a it's a it's a room. It's a stage. It's a like where a band would play. You know what I mean? It's the House of Blues room. Well, so like actually bands actually bands have played there. Like very famous people and stuff. And that's like really cool. In that it's I don't have to worry about whoever's demonstrating on the stage for any demos or anything that we're using the stage for nope. for awards. Any cross contamination of noise or anything that's coming from classrooms because everything is very separated. And we were worried about that a little bit in the beginning. Separated but close. Are things too separate? Are things too far and I was like Abs absolutely not I think everything is in, is in such a like adequate space and then just like aside from the 10,000 things that I feel like we have stacked to do with like the expo and, and stuff itself is just like you get there and you're just like you know what I'm just not feeling tumblers then just float in the lazy river then because literally <laughs> I'm gonna say it a million it? times the that you're biggest? that's where I'm gonna be the largest indoor lazy river is it oceanfront? I was gonna say it has something to do with the beach. Waterfront. It's like the largest, the largest indoor waterfront theme park. No, water park. Water park. Which I'm on two ends of this. One, you can't just make up categories so that you can be <laughs> the biggest. On the, on the other hand, I'm thinking about all these categories that I'm about to start making up so I can be the biggest in yeah. those. Look forward to those. <laughs> Excuse me, Chad GPT, how many categories can you put me in, please, <laughs> to make me important on Google? Thank you. Um, but, but yeah, the, the water park, that's why I said I, I keep joking about it, but like, I, I, I'm not kidding. Like, you're going to find me or not find me in that lazy river Guys, at some point when I'm supposed to be somewhere else, I'm going to be in the lazy river. Lazy river it. expo. Like you, you're you're at the expo. You're coming through the doors. You're you're out the doors right now. Water park, like they're. Yeah, and and like don't even make them feel like they're di not attached because like let's say the table is like oh the yeah building. the table's the, the building. So like then this is the arcade and go karts there you downstairs. Go. That's, yep, there's arcade. <laughs> you go around through the arcade. Here's the front desk. You'll be checking in for your hotel rooms. You just go right there. You're like, oh, there you guys go. River. You got a Starbucks what? map. <laughs> Sponsored by Starbucks. <laughs> Spotify, can you monetize me, please? 
So it is going to be a lot different this year because like Jason said, everything is more sort of spread out. But when you really think about it, what I meant by stacked is that we're like just on top of each other. Like you have the vendor floor, the check-in counter for everything, the arcade, like you said. And then before here, like you're coming out of the vendor floor and then you go up the escalator right here. And then all the other stuff is just directly on top of it. So, you know, we're spread out, but not. And then the rooms are soundproof. They're, it's the showboat. Like, yep. They've had to do this before. So you can't hear stuff. It's going to be fantastic. And then we only named things that are, like, within our building. Obviously, I don't really want you to leave the showboat building, like, at all. Even No, if but if you go out the other side and you go out the door, you're like, boom, boardwalk, but boom, Yeah, beach. if you're just like, oh, I'm really into gambling. You can literally. You, have to leave. you can literally just oh, showboat. You can't be doing no gambling. They ain't allowed. No gambling. <gasps> oh, that's why we're in there. That's why it's an arcade now. <laughs> um, but you can just walk this way down the boardwalk. Walk that way down the boardwalk, and you're gonna walk right into a casino. I forgot, you guys. You cannot <laughs> so, gamble at the showboat because the whole reason we're at the showboat is because they were looking for other things because they lost their gambling license. Yeah, they lost their gambling license, and the dude that owns it, who's like hella hella rich, was like, "Yeah, well, we're gonna figure something else out." Water park arcade there's a rock climbing wall there's um uh there's a there's the go-karts there's like a a boxing ring that they do like events with like every now and then i don't know maybe we can do like some craft boxing you know (laughs) and some of this is included in our welcome party too the welcome party they have to one of them it's on the website the after party party. Mm -hmm. Uh, the welcome party is going to be in the stage room yes correct and uh, Sean's going to DJ that. If you haven't, if you were at our expo last year, you need to talk to somebody about our after party at Arnold's. You know what? Go talk to, to Sandy from Dino's, and she'll tell you all about it. Talk to Sandy. Talk to Nikki. Talk to you know Marabou. Who else was there having a great time? The crafty guys. Talk to the employees. Talk to all of our employees. They're, they're like, their employees at the oh, employees. at Arnold's. They were. Like, oh yeah, yeah. There you go. Like, Please don't come back. We were having a wild time because it's bar, <laughs> go-karts, video laser games, tag. laser tag. Talk to Amy Moy and Leon. That's one thing Amy we're Moy lacking. Amy Moy and Leon, like they don't both have the last, same last name. <laughs> I, think, I think that's one thing we're lacking is laser tag. I don't think we have laser tag this time. Oh, uh, cancel, cancel the whole it. thing. Cancel it. I'm Talk sorry, guys. The whole expo. Party because that's where it was at. Please. We dropped money on that. We dropped a lot of money on that, and I don't regret a single penny spent what? at all. Our after party. I know. It was actually, and, and we were joking about it because we I went there was a car show at the same place that our expo was at like two weeks ago and i couldn't find the leftover arnold's cards because the play cards that we like handed out to everybody thirty dollars to start with we got a a shit ton for our uh guests and stuff and then i was just you know i don't know being me when we were ordering him he's like do you guys want any extras and i was like yeah i guess just like give me 20 extra and i should not I didn't know about that. that. I was like, oh, we're definitely going to, like, play all these games. And then, no. That's why I'm so much more involved in the expo planning this time. Yeah, I'm a loose cannon when it comes to video games. (laughs) No. When (laughs) it comes to money spending. And and video games. And when you put the two together. Yep. You have an adult this time, and I'm not sorry about that. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to follow you around like this. I know what I'm going to do, though. I'm what are you about to do? Pull my phone out and find some weird stories because uh, we haven't done Twisted Tea in weeks, and I want to do Twisted Tea. Don't message me. <laughs> this is the most prepared story. 
Well, you could just tell Chris to pause for like a second and then you could find your Twisted He doesn't need tea. to pause. This is good content. Put a poll up. <laughs> I know. <laughs> During it. Just right. <laughs> oh, wait. No, we didn't even talk about the other topic. Uh, um, We're having more classes here. Is that the one? <laughs> no, I mean, I guess we can... <laughs> You can mention that, I guess. No, no, no. It's okay. Go to this. I, just, I thought you were going to say you go to what you were going to say. No, but uh, TikTok actually banned. Oh, my God. Yeah. Actually banned. What is it? Montana, right? Montana. Montana. But, like, how does that work? They don't actually know how they're going to implement it yet, but... Uh... I will have roadblocks. You bring out that cell phone and show me your apps right now. Well. It may just be one of those things where... Depending on Chat know, GBT, hide TikTok. Because the Apple Store has certain apps that are restricted in certain countries anyway. They might you have uh, FanDuel is just like restricted gambling in states, so I imagine it's going to be just like that. They're going to geotag the app. I was going to say, so is that a geotag or is that a billing address thing? Because both of those things are going to backfire because I'm telling you right now that state's bordered on three different sides. How are you going to say that, like, what if I literally, there's a lot of people that literally live on this side of the sure. state and they travel into it or. Sure. I mean. Excuse me, guys. I need to know what the thought process was behind. You were just like, we don't like TikTok. It's the same, we're going to ban it. It's it, bad. It's similar with the gambling thing. So like before PA was allowing the, the internet gambling and Jersey did it first, people would literally just cross the bridge, park in a gas station parking lot right across the bridge and gamble. So then it became the point of like, what's the, what's the fucking point of they that? They do that now to buy weed. So like, they're like, what, what is the point of that? Let's, we're giving away all this money that we could be making as a state to these people that are just going to fucking do it anyway. Now you can do it in PA. So like, it's, it's just a, like. They're going to be spoofing their GPS or. I mean. GPS or. If, that's. If you can guitar. spoof Pokemon Go to catch Pokemon in Japan and shit, I'm going to tell you right now, you can spoof TikTok. Like you can, you can spoof your phone. Like. I would never ban something before I knew how to ban it because I will not look stupid in front of you people. That's one thing. I will not look stupid on my own if I can ever, you know, control it. So I'm going to do my due diligence before I ban it. But this guy was just like, ban. Yeah. Figure out the logistics later. But I don't want to see that app on your phone. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, don't know. Just really don't know how you're going to execute that. I mean, like... Like I said, you get there's ways that you can attempt to. There's like no way that you can like fully execute. I think it's more of a message than anything. Chris, what do you think? You just did something on this too, right? Yeah, I talked a little bit about this. Um, I think it's the it's a they're testing it out. They're seeing how people are going to react. Mm -hmm. That's um, how I feel. Because if if it doesn't get like absolutely shut down by people they're going to roll it out statewide i mean nationwide so i think that the writing is kind of on the wall and um yeah i don't think tiktok will probably be around too much longer. that's yeah. crazy not in the states two or three episodes ago i was like there's no fucking way there's no way <laughs> well that's what happens when one of the most powerful companies in the world being google Facebook, another powerful company, and the United States government all have a interest in seeing a certain social media. This is all about money. Yeah. Like oh, of course. Yep. This is all about money. It's, it's just because it's, they didn't come out with it first. It's yeah. find a find a propaganda message on 
how to get the people behind it and it's just like it's destroying children right like that's that that's like a very easy way that's the news stories that yeah, you always get them, shared so the news Instagram. stories is, it's yet another story on how this is terrible for kids I'm going to tell you right now that you can probably make a news story on why Facebook's terrible for kids, on why Instagram's terrible for kids, on why It'll any of this shit's reasons. terrible for kids, but you're not going to see them fucking specials because the news stations are backed by all the fucking companies that want the shit shut down. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> sure. you know, like it's, uh, uh, we, uh, it's man. like Elon Musk trying to shut down AI. We were just watching that this morning. It's like e- Elon Musk is out there. to slow down AI so that he can catch up. Say, yeah. It's going to get worse because now the they're racing. The most dangerous part about AI... And they don't know they're racing to. Right. The most dangerous part, I think, about AI is that it is being... Uh, uh, it's dangerous for the rich, especially, because they haven't found a way to put a lasso on it. The same way that we talked about like cryptocurrency and stuff in conversations, that that would be a more accepted basis of currency yeah. if the large players had a way to capitalize on the money of it, of to like truly monetize it. And they don't have a way to monetize it yet. That's why, like, they have things in motion. Google is working on their AI. Musk is working on his AI. And they're not ready necessarily for market yet. So that now they're too. like, everybody stop. Because yeah. if we get there first, because I think they're starting to realize the power in people and people and stuff too. Yeah, like, if, if I was sitting here and I have nothing better to do but to figure out how to make... Uh, an Alexa smart AI system. That's the stuff that we were talking about in the concept of like, we're at the point that you can tell, we're almost at the point that you can tell a 3D printer a simple command like, make me a coffee table. And that 3D printer will be able to take that vocal uh, command, convert it to text, take that text command, understand the prompt, and send that message to a machine. So now you just created with words and that is like fucking insane. And we're really getting drastically to the point of really being able to just like create with words and imagine the money behind that. And the companies are seeing that and they're just like, oh shit, we, we can't have you guys 3d printing fucking coffee tables with words because I sell coffee tables. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so there's, it's, there, there's a huge, huge power shift that's going to fucking happen, especially monetarily, uh, if they keep allowing advances in AI without them being able to, like, keep up with everybody else's advances. Too. You're not going to be able to keep up with this because the, op, the you, it's endless. No, it because as much you're as... You're going to have to pick a lane and go in that lane because there's so many different ones. And I mean, it could do everything. As much as you try to shut it or slow AI it down here, it's slicing my, you know, buttering my toast in the morning. It's That's progressing in another country anyway. I don't mind the conversation about stopping it. I mean, it's like it, I'm scared. You know what I see this as? Nukes. It's like a nuke. It may be worse. And all the conversations. They said that. That's they what they compared have. it to. It's absolutely. It could lead to a lot more problems because think about it. Machines have been taking people's jobs for a long time. The biggest asset that humans have is our brains. No one can think like us. But if you combine AIs with quantum computing, mm-hmm. you you essentially have. I mean, you already have AIs that are creating music and art and blogs, everything. Things. You negate so us. I really, I'm not. I, I I'm not 
angry at the conversations about, okay, what are we actually about to do? Because it'll if, take if over. Goes, we can't actually stop it. And then it can just build things. Yeah. And I also think, okay, maybe if we even just table it until we know how to live independent of all machines. Like if it were to all shut down, do we have infrastructure to keep going? Because otherwise the machines are become everything. Or at least have a backdoor built in to be able to shut it down because we'll probably move towards a Skynet situation at some point because the inevitability is that a machine only knows efficiency, right? Like that's how all these movies are based. It's just like, what's efficient and what's not efficient machines are efficient humans are not efficient and those are facts like you can't there is nothing like when it comes to numbers and and just like realism in the world they are a well-oiled machine and we are a squeaky fucking wheel so that's just like the way it is and uh if the machines start having the ability to make the decision to cut inefficiencies then that's where like the purge of the human existence happens and stuff so <laughs> yeah. So you should probably slow down. <laughs> yeah, least, watch that movie not. Megan. You guys will be against it for sure. Hmm? Watch the movie Megan. Megan. <laughs> yeah, it she was. She went to it protect that a... little girl at all costs. Yeah, yeah, that's Don't hurt me emotionally. Yeah. Crazy. But the director actually made that movie um, as a. It was supposed to be a commentary on what happens when kids are raised by technology. So that's actually, it's, it's a really good, it's fitting for, you know, everything that's happening. That's I mean, like a I, new story. I'm going to guarantee you the inevitability of AI nannies and shit is in production. Like, there's no way that it's not. Yeah, did you, uh, you already have AI wives and shit in Japan yeah. and stuff. So I was like, going to say that. Yeah. I don't know if you guys want to talk about that. It's related to AI. Did you hear that Warner is now, um, they're trying to get law passed that AIs can't, use their artists voices or any of <gasps> tracks because what just happened over the last couple of days is somebody made a song with drake singing an ice spice song and then just yesterday a song came out with drake and the weekend and it's actually like it sounds almost indistinguishable from something they made so warner is actively trying to shut all that down Sean was talking about that weeks ago. He said, how long until yeah. we're just doing that? He said, I wouldn't be able to tell between their voice and an AI voice and it's neither here. would you. And, and not only that, not only for the replication of, of people um, trying to steal that or whatever, but the inevitability of the artists not doing shit themselves. Like if Drake, Drake could have released that AI song and said, I guess what I just dropped. And then made all that money off that, and he didn't do a fucking thing. Not didn't write a word, didn't yeah. didn't go to the studio, didn't do nothing. Just they're said, gonna have to just typed in just... some shit. And, and you're and you're gonna have you're gonna have studios that do that to circumvent artists that artists that are maybe difficult to work with. But they own their rights It'll to their voice. Well, think about it now. They already have AI artists, so now if they can generate anybody's voice, it makes musicians obsolete. Because now a label, a bunch of guys in suits yeah. in, a, in a room. All they need is your general. face now. And that's yeah, all they're that using label, anyway. Have you gone to, there's a website uh, called This Person Does Not Exist. Okay. Oh, wait, uh, yeah. Okay. It's all computer generated faces and they look like 100%. Oh, because they're doing them for the fashion thing. There's like a, there's a, oh, man, I wish I could remember the handle. She was on the news. It was like the most popular influencer uh, in the world right now is AI. Google most really? uh, popular influencer AI or something like that. And she is an artificial intelligence. Like, I think it's for fashion, maybe. 
So now this is brings up the question, the music thing, though, to a different level for me. Artists that are deceased, but were owned by a label. What happens now with those contracts? Is that contract still valid? Like, do you like if like whoever owned Michael Jackson, right? If they owned Michael Jackson, did they own his voice? Like, can you technically come out with a with a new Michael Jackson song this I mean, year? Technically, they, well, they can't post after his death. He can't sign contracts allowing them to do that. But if it's an AI based off of music that they own like because you're training the ai so how do you train it to use michael's voice you would play michael's songs so right say um sony owns michael's music they yeah. can play songs in their catalog to train an ai and then they that's illegally they'd be able to do that and put out more music because i i see the inevitability of that of albums coming out after the fact of maybe they just I don't know, for peace of mind, have a family member sign off on it that says like, hey, this is something they would do. But not even. Not Whoever even owns their estate. Own the yeah. Song, yeah. They own the master, they don't need permission. I'm not saying that they need it. I'm just saying to get to make it easier to swallow. Like if if you're like a really a Michael Jackson fan and then uh, the, the label comes out all these years after his death and they're like, hey guys, we just released an AI Michael Jackson album. You're definitely going to have a camp of people protesting that. Absolutely. Yeah. They're going to be like, don't fuck with the dead, but you know. Yeah. But then you're going to have other people that are like, oh, this is super interesting and stuff. So maybe if you had like, you know, Tito sign off on it and be like, yo, man, it's cool. <laughs> and and then like, you know, I'm just, <laughs> it's no, just the only right. Jackson I could think of off the you're top right. of my head. <laughs> <laughs> right. Not Janet. Not, not Janet. <laughs> not Janet. <laughs> right. No. After that Honestly, no. Slip, he was like, you're off my radar. No, yeah, no, not Janet at all. That's nope. <laughs> Tito first. He's the one that got the shaft. Any of you guys ever watch a special when you were younger? I got news for you. Janet's the only one that I can name besides Michael. I don't, I, I was too young at the time. And then when I was old enough to care, I was on to other things. Your you dad know? was mean, mean, mean dad. Oh, he yeah. was the dad. Joe's dad. No, Tito wasn't the dad. No. no I'm like, Joe, wait a minute. There's yeah, no way he's still Joe, around. Joe the Jackson was the dad. Joe Jackson. Joe Jackson. I like the way it flows though. It does flow. A little Joe Jackson. It right off the top. Yeah, AI's crazy. It well, now we've got a few little uh, history lessons in there now. <laughs> Even though some people are probably cursing me out, like, you don't know the Jackson 5 by name? Right. Sorry, guys. I know, like, two of their songs, though. I can't find this AI influencer. I'm oh, sorry. yeah. I, so I looked it up, and there's too many now. Uh, yeah, I see. There's I, so many. I wouldn't even be able to remember, like, which one she was. And by now, it's taken over. So she must have been the first of, like, a bunch. There's tons now. There's, like, there the thing that came up was, like, first... <laughs> Push that back, would you please? I'm so tired of seeing you hit it. No, I need it up. No, no, the whole thing. You keep hitting it. <laughs> and I keep watching it. You keep hitting it. No, actually, I don't think that I have hit mine not once. I don't think so. All right, I'm going to read you some <laughs> Twisted Tea stuff now because I feel like we've made it that far. The AI wasn't the Twisted Tea. That was pretty twisted. <laughs> That's just like real news right now, which is kind of twisted. All the twisted tea you tell us is real. I don't want anyone to think that they're fake. Anyway. All right, here's some real fake news. Uh, Spanish <laughs> Spanish climber leaves cave after 500 days in isolation. Wait, that's say that almost, again? That's almost two years. I just want to say, say that. that. Spanish that. climber leaves cave after 500 days in isolation. Wow. Um, a Spanish uh, mountain climber. Emerged Friday from a cave 70 meters, 230 feet underground, where she spent 500 days isolated from the outside world. 
Beatriz Flamini, 50, of Madrid, left the cave in southern Spain shortly after 9 a.m. After being told by supporters that she had completed the feat she set out to accomplish on November 21st, 2021. What, what? what was she trying to do? She says she was obliged to temporarily halt the challenge after some days, after some 300 days and leave the cave for eight days because of a technical problem. Uh, F said she spent the eight days in a tent but had no contact with anyone before going back down once the problem was resolved. It was not immediately possible to contact me. Given that there are 509 days between April 14th and the day she started the project, it appears she spent at least 500 days underground within interruption of eight days. Uh, smiling, drinking beer, hooray. Uh, why did you so do this? So did she have two years of food with her? Or you think someone dropped that shit off? She, this, the, it sounds like the point of it was a was isolation. Hmm. That sounds horrible. Oh, this is interesting. In brief comments to journalists, uh, she described the experience as excellent and unbeatable. She then asked to be excused that she needed her first shower in more than 16 months. I feel like that should have been the headline. Like... Woman takes first shower in more than 16 months is like <laughs> more interesting than I lived in isolation for 500 days. Uh, her teammates dropped all food and other necessities at their retrieval site and picked up whatever she left there. That's, that's how she did it. They dropped all food and she left poop bags. <laughs> now she probably Ooh. went in the cave. She said, Fair I actually, enough. she did not even want to come out. That's all what right. the world's coming to. She didn't want to come out. That's how bad the world's coming. We're got... all headed toward Wally. We're oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> Isolation. All right. So that was that lady. You got more over there, Twisty? Yes. Oh, this is a local one. I think uh, we, we know this, but maybe not everybody oh, that listens knows it. this. Uh, it was on a Philadelphia truck break-in ends in parking lot dime heist. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Front um, Mills. Yeah, thieves, thieves may not have been counting on finding a mountain of change when they broke into a truck filled with $750,000 in dimes, but they still made off with a chunk of the cargo and left coins scattered around Philadelphia parking lot, authorities said. Apparently fled with at least $100,000 in dimes, which that number keeps going up because in local news, it was like 50000 first, then I believe 70000 and now this is saying one hundred k. Um But yeah, so there was a... There's been... A whole lot of truck break-ins and stuff, apparently, in the local area. And what they do, these truck drivers, they just go and park the truck in Walmart, take a nap, whatever. In before the they, truck. Yeah, in the truck before they do, like, a, a long haul. And Walmart allows truck drivers to park in their lots. It's like an unwritten rule. Um, these guys, I guess, were just really lucky. I think they, it said in another story I read about this specifically. Really lucky. They, they were in on they'll, it. They'll steal. No, it says that there's been, like... Uh, chickens being stole, stolen, like like frozen chickens out of these trucks and like anything. They just they you see the Walmart truck. Anything they can get. Yeah, that's oh, what I think. They just cut truck. the lock, have like probably pickups that back up and throw everything on it or whatever. Um, and these guys hit the payload, man, because they opened that up and there was cash. You know what I mean? Like, granted, it was in the form of dimes, but like cash money. Is cash Leave money. it to me to be the skeptical one, and usually I am, but I do not believe that these men got a lucky payday. I do absolutely believe that this truck driver was in on it, and they're going to find out. And they interviewed other truck drivers on the news, and I figured it might be a little divided because I don't know anything about truck drivers. But every truck driver was like, yes, it's an absolute rule that you need 10 hours minimum of sleep before you get on the road. But these trucks have cabs. 
sleeping cabs. You sleep behind the seat. You always protect the cargo. And that's what every truck driver said. And this man decided that he was local enough to Franklin Mills Mall that he was going to leave his truck in the Franklin Mills Mall Walmart, which is notoriously, if you live around here, you know that's the one of the cruddiest Walmarts that you can go to. It's, I mean, you might as well have gone to Aramingo and left it at the Aramingo Walmart. And then you drove to your house and then you were surprised that someone stole them damn dimes? No, you called your friends and you were like, I'm gonna go nap. But I'm not the cop. I don't know nothing about nothing. All I know is the area and all I know is everything sounds sketch. I know that I didn't get any of them dimes. Not a dime of them dimes. Um, I don't want none of them dimes. They just showed all the cops having to walk around and pick up all the dimes from the parking lot. They oh, had to yeah, pick up every just single like dime. You see the shimmer of the dimes all One the at a time because they were just on the floor at that point. Wow. So they just had to walk around all day and pick up all the evidence. <laughs> uh, so the last one I'll do is, uh, it says, Snake on a plane. South African pilot finds cobra under seat. <gasps> and it's... um. Uh, we'll pull the picture in a thing, but it's it's more like a like a Learjet type plane, so it's not a commercial uh, flight, which is probably worse. <laughs> he keeps <laughs> but, that microphone. Yeah, I am gonna. <laughs> I'm waiting for uh, <laughs> A pilot in South Africa made a hasty emergency landing after discovering a highly venomous cobra hiding under his seat. Rudolf Erasmus had four fine. passengers on board the light aircraft. During Monday's flight, when he felt something cold slide across his lower back. Oh, hell no. He glanced down to see the head of a fairly large Cape Cobra receding back under the seat, he said. It was as if my brain didn't know what was going on, he told the Associated Press. Uh, after taking a moment to compose himself, he informed his passengers of the slippery stowaway. There was a moment of stunned silence, he said. Everyone stayed cool, especially the pilot. Erasmus called air traffic control for Who permission in the air or no? to make an emergency landing in the town of Welcome in central South Africa. He still had to fly for another 10 to 15 minutes and land the plane with the snake curled up by his feet. I kept looking down to see where it was. I was happy under the seat. It was happy under the seat, Erasmus said. I don't have a big fear of snakes, but I normally don't go near them. Brian uh, Eminis, who works at Welcome Radio Station, Gold FM, and is also an aviation expert, received a phone call to see if he could help. He called the fire and rescue department, sent emergency responders, and a snake handler to meet the plane at the airport. Menace was first at the scene and saw everyone disembark visibly shaken. Menace said, but all safe thanks to Erasmus. He stayed calm. And landed that He's aircraft with me. a deadly venomous Cape Cobra curled up underneath his seat. I'm sorry. We would have all been dead if I was the pilot. And I apologize wholeheartedly for that. For that thing that never happened to me. Cape Cobras are one of Africa's most dangerous cobra species because of the potency of their venom. That's yeah, like what's nuts is that it was 10 to 15 minutes still that he had to fly. So you imagine if he like got startled, it bit him. And then now you're on two different time crunches. One, to get this plane down, and two, to not die before it happens. Well, the only thing that would go, be going through my mind is clearly I'm going to die, but I'm going to try to make sure everyone else in the plane doesn't die because I'm going to die. I'm going to die. This thing's going to bite me. I'm in the air. We're not going to be able to get me treated in time. Let's just land this thing. But tell my family I love them. But even like if, it, like, <laughs> even, like if the situation of it actually you know did end up biting him, it's not just like, oh, okay, well, like I got bit, and then like let's just keep flying. It's like... Still snake here. You know what I mean? Like, does it just bite and hold on? Does it bite and let go and get ready to bite the next guy? And regardless, like, that's going to hurt. So he's going to scream uh, of some sort. I hope we get down, get there. Uh, the drama w wasn't over for the poor pilot. Welcome, snake handler. Uh, 
Johan de Klerk and a team of aviation engineers searched the plane for the best part of two days but still hadn't found the Cobra by Wednesday and were uncertain if it had sneaked out unnoticed. The engineering company Erasmus works for wanted its plane back in the city of... Uh, I'm sorry. Mabambela? in Northern South Africa. So he had to fly it back home, a 90 minute voyage with the possibility that the Cobra was still on board. Bet you I won't. Unsurprisingly, his Bet passengers decided to plane. look for another way to get home. Yup, someone come and get this plane. We're gonna need a shuttle of some sort. We're gonna need to get out of here. I'm not getting back in that plane. You better find that. There wasn't it a says, marshal on the plane or any? Like, there was only was four people. Oh, like okay. a crop duster. Oh, gotcha, mm -hmm. gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. Okay. He wore a thick winter jacket this when he had to fly it back. He wore a thick winter jacket wrapped a blanket around his seat and had a fire extinguisher, a can of insect repellent, and a golf club within arm's reach in the cockpit. You know, he's just like flying with that shotgun with a, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, <laughs> the fucking fire extinguisher. The fire uh, he, extinguisher he said, I would the say, cockpit. I would say I was on high alert, Erasmus said. The Cobra didn't reappear on that flight. Would have the plane to be high. has now been completely stripped, but still no sign of the snake, Erasmus said. The theory is it found its way on board before Erasmus and his passengers took off at the start of their trip from the town of Worcester in the Western Cape province where Cape Cobras are usually found in South Africa. Cool. It might have got out and welcome or might still be hiding somewhere deep in the plane. I hope it finds somewhere to go, Erasmus said, just not my aircraft. <laughs> ever, ever, ever again. I feel like that was a good one. Wow, that was nuts. Oh, yeah. I would have tried to capture it. You got balls. If it's big, I mean, they, they tried to get it once they landed. It's just gone. It gone. Like, what, yeah, so I guess that's why they never got the length because they never found it. <laughs> mm -mm. Yep. Nope. All right. I won't even let Jason come out of the room unless he shows me the dead carcass of the spider that I sent him in there to get. I said I'm like in the camp. You'll of, live of in that, that room until you come out like, with a carcass. I am not by any means scared of snakes at all. I've worked around a ton of grown ass big no, dudes in line work and stuff that. <laughs> Like we, I'd see snakes all the time out in line work, working out in like swamps and 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 like snakes and these fields and stuff. These goddamn snakes, these big on these ass dudes, planes. be like, uh -uh, no snakes. I'm that way with spiders. And he, let me just tell you guys that he will still go in there and get a spider out if I need to send him in to get a spider. I've never had to get my own spider. But it's not, it's not very easy for me. It's not his most enjoyable thing that he does for me. Not that he has enjoyable things that he does for me. They're all pretty much unenjoyable things. Okay. Like whatever I have on the to-do list today, I'm sure there's ton tons of stuff. I got nothing else for us today, I don't think. But I think that this was good. It was a lot. Yeah. All right. All right. Back to work. All right. Oh wait, that was your line. Back to work. <laughs> <laughs>